0: I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs, but how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds?
1: Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. News 101. Quiet, please. Ladies
3: and gentlemen. You ready for the bit soul? in exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Lars. This is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved Republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly, provocative talk with Lars Larson. I made white whiteboard, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Lars. And now. Then we're
4: going Kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat,
3: Lars
0: Larson. Come back to the Lars Larson Show, and welcome to Wednesday in this brand new year of 2024. Glad to be with you, and welcome to the Radio Northwest Network, which now celebrates 24 years of serving the Pacific Northwest states, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. I got a few things I want to talk about that are going on in both Oregon and Washington. No, no, Idaho items just yet and we've got a twitter poll question as well but let me get to that after i invite you to join me in the conversation it is is, as in our estimation the best conversation in talk journalism and you're certainly welcome to join at 866 hey lars and if you're a naysayer we're going to put you right to the head of the line at 866-439-5277 send your emails to talk at larslarson.com and if you want to send an email instead talk at larslarson.com and our twitter poll question now i have to explain this one a bit it's not that complicated should the northwest states allow offshore windmills that are currently failing on the east coast well there are big plans the Biden administration wants to put windmills all around america at least in places where the wind blows on a regular basis they've already tried that on the east coast and guess what Most of those plans are failing miserably, and they're failing because the idea does not pencil out. In fact, most of the big companies that have already started projects on the East Coast have gone back to the Congress and said, we're billions of dollars short in making this thing work. You're going to have to give us a whole bunch more money. Now, can you imagine what that's going to do to your utility bills? For those of you who are already reacting to the gigantic jump in utility bills here in the Pacific Northwest, PGE's customers just saw their bills go up by 17%. Now, they tried to soft-pedal it, say it's legal costs, it's inflation, it's this, it's that. A big part of that is because big utilities in the Pacific Northwest in particular have been pushed hard to go to green power. And green power does not yet pencil out. Solar does not pencil out, neither does wind. And offshore wind, you want something that's expensive? Take already expensive windmills that don't pencil out when you build them on land, and then say, let's build them out in several hundred feet of water off the Oregon or Washington coast, and see how well that does. And take a warning from what's going on on the east coast of America right now, because those projects are not working out right now. In any case, you can vote in today's Twitter poll or the poll on X, as we're now calling it. Should the northwest states allow offshore windmills currently failing on the east coast? My answer would be no. Don't let them bring this nonsense to the region. I know a lot of people are going to object because they don't like the looks of the windmills. I'm more concerned about whether or not they make sense because, by the way, Once they've sunk billions of dollars into these things, you're going to be stuck with that bill for decades. So the the time to make a decision on it is now, not after they're already up. After they're up and the money is spent, you just have to pay the bill. Today's X poll uh, can be found at Lars Larson Show on X, or you can find it on our website at LarsLarson.com. Always brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. So if you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at UltimateTruckService.com. Now. If you needed one more reason to pull your kids out of failing government-operated schools, the ones that produce less than half the students able to read, write, and count, the ones in Oregon in particular where they'll say your kid gets a diploma whether or not he or or whatever pronoun you've chosen is able to read, write, or count, Washington State almost as, ma- as bad as we've documented on this show. But if you needed one more reason, consider this report, and I'll cite the source. Uh, I'm not like Claudine Gay. I actually cite my sources. I'm glad to have people know where I got it. Como TV out of Seattle. A student at Foster High School in Tukwila was seriously injured yesterday afternoon during what they call an altercation. Now, I guess in in that newsroom, Como, maybe they have to use that instead of saying fight or a beatdown, whatever they want to call it. They got to use a five-dollar word uh because it sounds better, I guess. So, according to the Tuckwilla School District, the altercation involved two students, but only one was injured. Hmm. I think beatdown probably figures there better because if one person gets injured and the other person suffers no injuries at all, that was likely a beatdown or whatever other descriptive word you could use better than The $5 altercation. The school district has not specified the exact injury only to say it wasn't related to guns. And then get this, police and medics were at the school to assist. Assist? How about arrest? Could you arrest somebody? If one person, a student, a child, beats down the other person and leaves them with serious injuries as described in the report, do you know the question I want to know most? I want to know, have you incapacitated the beater, the person who did the deed? There's no word of that at all. No word that the police have arrested anybody, taken anybody into custody, uh, offered to bring charges or referred it to the prosecutor's office for that. That tells you what the schools are not doing to protect your kids. If you already had good reasons to pull your kids out of the schools, there's another one. Second one, and I'll give you some good news. It is a brand-new year, and we like to start. I mean, I started yesterday in the brand-new year, but we got some great news late yesterday afternoon. The judge in Harney County, Robert Arasio, the one who more than a year ago found that ballot measure 114 passed by a tiny, tiny majority of voters uh, in 2022, which didn't go into effect in 2023 because Judge Ratio decided properly that measure 114 is unconstitutional under the state constitution. Well, I know it's a weird thing that lawyers do, but they are allowed to go back to a judge and say, hey, judge, you made a decision. We'd like you to reconsider the decision. And if you say, "Well, that seems like a fool's errand going back to the same judge who made the decision and say, "Hey, maybe you were wrong. Could you reconsider?" But they get paid hourly, so you can expect them to try all these tricks. And guess what? Judge Ratio turned him down flat, said, "No. Measure 114 is unconstitutional. Now we know this one's going to go to the Oregon Supreme Court. Could even go, I guess to the U.S U.S. Supreme Court, but for now, what does Judge Ratio objected to? The FBI won't conduct background checks that are needed to make Measure 114 work. Parties agreed to implementation of the law that would cause delays of the purchase of firearms for a minimum of 30 days, and I think even that is optimistic. Measure 114 backers failed to present public safety evidence. They dispute that ownership of firearms information, that mass shootings are sensationalized by the media, and that a magazine is a necessary component of a firearm. He shot down all of those arguments and said, sorry, boys, uh, this one is unconstitutional. I'm not going to sign off on it. And I think Judge Ratio made the right decision. Glad to be with you on a Wednesday. Always glad to take your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our X poll or the poll on X if you like. Find it on X at Show and on my website at LarsLarson.com. And coming up in a moment... What do you suppose happens when one of the major international airports in the Pacific Northwest is blockaded for hours by 50 terrorist supporters, people who support the Hamas terrorism that took more than a 1,000 lives in Israel back in October of last year? When they show up and they decide to blockade one of the major airports in the Northwest, what do you suppose the police did? And more importantly, what did they not do? We'll get to that in the commentary. It's coming up next on the Radio Northwest Network and the Lars Larson Show. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges, but how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You could sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all the capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 Exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 Exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit ten thirty one exchange.com.
3: The voice of the people. This is the Lars Larson Show. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of nonsense. Right? You bloody well right. You know you got a right. To- this is the Northwest Nonsense. How much longer do we have to sit for this
1: nonsense?
3: That great moment every day where Lars brings you the cold, hard facts without any liberal wokeness from the daily dead, fish rapper, or mainstream media bias.
0: Having seen the criminal destruction of the city of Portland wrought by lame duck mayor, feckless Ted Wheeler, Governor Tina Kotek has done what? Is she going to solve the problem? She's announced plans to declare a 90-day emergency. That's right, a declaration from the governor. That should fix everything. Nothing Kotec plans can fix this problem until the Rose City sends a solid message that criminal behavior brings actual, real consequences. Instead, on Monday of this week, we saw evidence of the total lawlessness that holds Portland in his grip. Supporters of Palestinian terrorists used 50 cars and trucks to block off the roads to Portland International airport. They did it for hours. Police showed up, but they were only there as spectators. No arrests, no charges, no prosecution. The Port of Portland, which operates the International Airport, waited till it was all over and the terrorist supporters left to their own accord before they proudly announced that the blockade had been cleared. The port helpfully pointed out that the airport blockade does violate state laws that are on the books. And then it confessed that it works with the protesters to allow their free speech. So in other words, they're allowed to break the law. I'm guessing that's because they're on the left and they support the terrorists of Hamas, so that makes them judgment-proof, at least in the Northwest. Three years ago, we saw what happens when a city, any city, including both Portland and Seattle, allows a 100 consecutive days of mostly peaceful protests that only led to one murder and hundreds of trips to the hospital. One of these days, a protest like this is going to block emergency services and somebody's going to die. Just remember the politicians who signed off and let it happen. Our question of the day, and this one comes in from Teresa. Uh, Lars, my 16-year-old grandson was shot four times by a 15-year-old in the face, head, arms and back with a BB gun. My grandson lost his vision and may lose his eye. The kid that did it was in detention for less than a month and now gets to go home. I'm hoping for your input. Well, I've invited her to come on and tell the story tomorrow about why it was that because his assailant was a teenager uh the criminal justice system that they still call it that doesn't deliver much criminal justice but uh, they say the criminal justice system says if you're a teenager i guess you can get away with everything up to murder and still not suffer any real consequences and now today's daily grill <laughs> insane Ridiculous. They get more
3: and more ridiculous. Flat out dumb. You're
5: even dumber than I thought.
3: Who deserves today's
0: Lars Grill of the Day? Maybe
2: you're just really, really stupid.
0: Find out right now. I want to award today's Daily Grill to the Lake Oswego School Board and the administration of Lake Ridge School as, well, I suspect strongly that they're a bunch of liars. And let me tell you why I have that suspicion. You know, for the last couple of weeks, all the way through Christmas and New Year's, I was hearing from parents who were alarmed at the idea that Lake Ridge High School planned to host a drag show. Now, why you would want to do that, I don't know. How it adds to the educational mission of Lake Oswego Schools or Lake Ridge High School? I don't. I can't understand how it would actually add anything to that education, not anything good in any case. But yesterday comes the news that the school board and the school have decided to postpone the drag show. And here's what they said. They said there were alarming threats made by known violent and hate-driven organizations. Now, I got a question for you. If a school, an institution, a good institution, comes under assault, under threats, from known violent and hate-driven organizations then you call the police and the police investigate and if they identify the people who made these threats then you prefer charges against those people who made the threats but there's no evidence that any of that happened so do you know what i suspect i suspect that both the school board and lake ridge high got so much blowback from parents saying What the heck are you doing hosting a drag show and then inviting the kids to go to it as a fundraiser at the school? They got so much blowback that they realized, we have to cancel this thing. Except, we're going to get all kinds of heat in a liberal community like Lake Oswego, or frankly anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, if we cancel out these drag queens. So we've got to find a way to blame it on the other side. To say, well, there are all these known, violent, and hate-driven organizations. Really? If Lake Oswego schools or if Lake Ridge High know of these if they are known violent and hate driven organizations I'm quoting from the school statement if you know the names of them if you know the organizations if you've referred them to the police then for goodness sake tell the public and if you don't know them then stop doing this if you needed an excuse to be able to cancel the crazy drag show because there was no reason to hold it, especially at a school. You want to have drag shows for adults in adult venues, go ahead. Having them at a school, there's no reason for that. But if you needed an excuse, then you want to say, well, it must be the people on the political right, except we can't name anybody because we actually defame people by saying they did the threats. We're going to have to stand up behind that. So we'll just constructively lie. We'll say we know who these people are, They have names, they have organizations, but we're not going to tell you those names. And why? Because I think it's one big, fat lie. Glad to get your calls on a Wednesday. 866-HEY-LARS, let's go first to Jim in Cottage Grove, listening on KPNW and the Radio Northwest Network. Jim, what's on your mind?
6: Yeah, Lars, about uh, when they were having those riots down here for, uh, you know, cutting the police back and everything in Eugene, I was driving in my truck and they were jumping on people's cars and blocking traffic. And one of my helpers got out,
4: I'm a contractor, and, uh, you know, got the guy off the hood of the truck and, you know, yanked him out of the way. And uh, I think more people, when when people are blocking the roads like that, they aren't um, peaceful protesters. And you should you should have the right to remove them from the street because they're impeding your traffic. So, uh, you know, I, I blame the people that just stop and watch. You need to get out of your car, grab these people, drag them over to the side of the road, and, and go on your way. And you shouldn't be punished for that. I've seen videos in Europe where they do it. And the guy, especially in Russia, you know, some of those countries, <laughs> I mean, they're,
0: they're brutal. <laughs> you know, Jim, I've seen the same videos, but here's the only reason I object to that. Is it true that we spend hundreds of millions of dollars in the Northwest on police agencies? Is that true? Yeah,
7: the, yeah okay, exactly. And, and
0: do we have laws on the books that the police are empowered to enforce, and it is their sworn duty to enforce the laws? i I, as much as i'd say well average citizens could do it except you know if you do that you may end up being the one who gets arrested and i don't want to see that happen i don't want to see somebody do the right thing and end up charged or end up in jail what i do want to see is i want to see the police do their jobs and if they say well the prosecutor won't prosecute fine then just pile up the defendants write up the charges and then if there's a cop a police chief with guts in the northwest he or she will come out every three months and say, in the last 90 days, my officers have written a thousand tickets and sent them to, in your case, the Lane County Prosecutor's Office, Multnomah County, King County, and the prosecutor won't do a damn thing about it. Now, that's how you start to get some change. Because if the police agencies were empowered by their political masters, the mayor and the city council, to actually do their jobs, if the prosecutor won't do his or her job, at least put them on the carpet, you know, call them on the carpet and say to the public, I've given him a thousand people who committed crimes. They won't prosecute any of them. Have a chat with your prosecutor or your DA. That might actually get something to change. I'd like to start 2024 by suggesting things that are actually doable. I think that's one of them. You've got the Lars Larson The Show. Lars Larson Show.
3: stupid. Stupid is forever. But you surely can book them up. Stupid. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to
0: the Lars Larson Show on this Wednesday. Always glad to take your phone calls and your emails, but I want to talk to my buddy Aaron Mesh, who is the news editor at Willamette Week, and they have a fascinating story about one of the major medical centers in the Pacific Northwest that apparently has decided to charge unwitting patients about four times as much as as a uh, pneumonia vaccine should actually cost. Uh, I think that's the bottom line to it, because, Aaron, I did a little looking up myself after seeing the story by Anthony Effinger. Welcome back, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Lars. Listen, I I want you to sketch out this story involving a young lady, 67, Val Davis, who's apparently a, a very fit 67. She's a bodybuilder, and she goes to the gym all the time, but she decided she wanted to make sure that she was in good health, so she goes for a wellness check. And what happens? Well, they suggest that because
8: of her age that she should receive a PCV20 pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine, which is known by its brand name of Prevnar 20. Um, And she thinks that's a good idea, and most doctors would agree that's a good idea. Uh, what didn't seem like such a great idea was that the bill on the shot was $937.49 plus a $55
0: fee for administrating the shot. 55 uh, bucks to have the nurse stick a needle in your arm or your backside or wherever they put it? I would imagine it's your arm, but
8: um, but at any rate, Medicare paid $615 of that, but that left her with a balance of $377.00. Uh, that balance, that outstanding balance, is uh, a good bit more than you would pay at Walgreens for the same shot. Uh, it's about um, $307 at Walgreens with no administration fee because I get my vaccines at Walgreens, and they never charge me for the pleasure of sticking the needle in my shoulder.
0: I love the uh, quote you got from Val Davis, bodybuilder and healthy sixty seven year old who apparently got ripped off by OHSU, and I'll say that we we call OHSU all the time, and they routinely don't even return our calls, so to heck with them, but we'll at least make the due diligence call. She said, I blew a cork. What's this made from? Ground unicorn horn? Is there any ground unicorn horn in Prevnar 20 uh, Not to my
8: knowledge uh, i I really for personally, if you uh, like she's a great quote, Val and uh if you were uh, if if you were to ask me which quote i like best from her it that one's very good but i'm also very fond of i never thought i would walk out with a 400 hundred dollar bill are they still trying to pay off the tram
0: <laughs> you know what i'm wondering is are they subsidizing their gender reassignment surgery center although that thing usually seems like a money maker uh as 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 horrible as it is but here's what i here's what i don't understand when I saw the story first, I thought, well, I'll look on my own. And I looked, and, and sure enough, I could find Prevnar shots all over the place. And, and they said the average cost nationwide is about 250 bucks, and, and as you said, no $55, $55. Well. administration. What was that? That's
8: my understanding as well. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. But that's, that, is, that is also mm-hmm. my understanding, is that you can find
0: it for 250
8: to 275
0: out of pocket. Okay, and, and here's the other thing that bothers me. OHSU, Oregon Health and Science University, is a strange animal it used to be a state institution they were a lot more transparent um... but they sucked a lot of dollars from the taxpayers they still suck dollars from the taxpayers but they're now considered an independent corporation of some kind so they get all the benefits of being associated with the state but they're no longer a state agency I would imagine, wouldn't you, Aaron, that if you found some, you know, some scalawag doctor out there somewhere who is ripping his patients off this way, saying, I'm gonna give you a two hundred and fifty dollar uh you know shot, but I'm gonna charge you a thousand bucks for it and I'll have and the insurance will pay most of it and you'll pay the rest, that if the attorney general uh were to say, Hey, you're ripping people off and they'd go after him you suppose there's any likelihood that OHSU will face that kind of attention from anybody? You know, the, the usual people that go after consumer ripoffs?
8: I, I'm not going to speculate on that. I, I, w- I will say that it is very interesting that uh, OHSU's costs, which they pride themselves according to their own literature about being transparent about, their costs are uh, significantly higher than those of other, he- of other major health care providers in the region. And I think that's an important thing to note, given that OHSU is on the verge of taking over uh, the legacy health group, uh, yep. which will give uh, Portlanders even fewer options outside of this large uh, private-public partnership system. And I-, and I think that's something that uh, this story while a small thing uh, points to a larger and more disconcerting pattern in the health care options that Portlanders will soon be, be given.
0: Well, I think, I don't remember if you and I have talked about the legacy talk over, uh, takeover, but I've talked about it on the air before. And I've asked, in, in most areas of the private sector, when one institution is going to take over another one and give them a huge market share, Uh, of, you know, the the, the DOJs, various DOJs, state and federal, will look at that and say, hey, we're not sure this is good for the consumers. Is OHSU facing any kind of scrutiny, saying, if you take over all these other providers and you become the only game in town, especially because insurance will point you, say you have to go here, or it'll cost you a whole bunch if you don't go to these specific places, then you've really got people stuck in a a medical monopoly, don't you? I think that that is essentially
8: the problem that we're pointing out, and that um, it, it, monopolies rarely drive down costs. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. To, to, to put it extremely mildly. And I think that one of the things that, that we will be watchdogging OHSU on over the course of this year is, will patients be receiving a better quality of care uh, if they have less options? And I think that's uh, something that uh, that the governor and others should be uh, paying significant attention to.
0: Now, see, when OHSU used to be a state agency, this is one of the things I miss about them being a state agency. Aaron, we, I could have filed a public records request. I did it all the time with the old OHSU, and I would say, what did you actually pay for that vaccine? And then what did you pay for the hypodermic? And what do you pay your nurses? You know, if it's fifty-five bucks to stick the shot in your arm, and let's say it takes a whole five minutes to do the paperwork and you know, take the needle out of the package and do all that, at fifty-five bucks for a shot that probably took maybe five or ten minutes to administer at most, even with the paperwork, you're you're talking about what, five hundred dollars an hour is their cost of administering shots? Uh, And I'm willing to bet that if Prevnar is two fifty at retail what do you suppose OHSU is paying for it? Since they probably buy it in quantity, I'm guessing considerably less. It, it's a
8: great question, and uh, one of the frustrations of OHSU is that uh, any request for information, not request for comment, but request for real data and information, is met with uh, with a, a knife fight over whether or not it's public. It's public record uh, because of its. Uh, its strange existence as a kind of quasi-governmental, quasi-private entity, um, and and it, it it does not necessarily benefit the public very much. The level of secrecy that surrounds this agency.
0: You know, one of the first numbers I'd love to get that they couldn't even say was covered by HIPAA is how many people have you ripped off at a thousand bucks a shot for Prevnar 20? I mean, I don't know if it's ten people or a thousand or ten thousand. Uh, we, there's no way to know unless the university, uh, OHSU, is willing to actually tell you. And I'm wondering how many other medical centers, like, say, UW, are doing the same thing, saying, hey, these people are coming in, let's soak them for the maximum, and our costs are very, very low. When people complain about the profit margins of oil companies, like Jay Inslee saying, well, the oil companies are making so much money, what's the margin when you're charging a $1,000 for shots that cost you at most a quarter of that and ripping people off, and also ripping off, if it's Medicare, they're ripping off the taxpayers as well. That's Aaron Mesh. Aaron, thank you, and Happy New Year. Managing Editor at Willamette Week. We'll get back to your phone calls and emails in just a moment at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. And I'm going to tell you about Oregon's Supreme Court. It's virtually going to have to take a look at the efforts to dump Donald Trump from the Oregon ballot, as was done in Colorado and the state of Maine. You're listening to the Radio Northwest Network. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 Exchanges? Then go to 1031Exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 Exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com.
3: Senator John Kennedy gets it. Mr.
9: President, you just got to try harder not to suck.
3: Well said, Mr. Kennedy. We agree. This is the Lars Larson Show.
0: Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show on a Wednesday. Always glad to be with you on our uh, X poll or the poll on X. We formally Twitter. Should the Northwest allow offshore windmills currently failing on the east coast of the United States and a gigantic waste of taxpayer money? Uh, As reported, uh, let's see, I think this was uh, OPB, said, Oregonians call for a pause on offshore wind development. The Biden administration has big plans to produce renewable wind energy off the Oregon coast, despite promises of jobs and potentially cheaper electricity. I'd call out that lie. Coastal residents aren't willing to give their support just yet. Three counties have all passed proclamations opposing offshore wind development. Coastal tribes have also passed a resolution limiting their support. Yeah, I guess they have to see if there's any money involved in it for the tribes. They say the federal agency in charge of offshore wind development has not explained how giant floating wind turbines would affect marine life, fishing and coastal economies. We've raised these issues before. I think they're legitimate ones. In any case, glad to be with you and glad to take your phone calls and your emails. I would say no, the Northwest should not allow offshore windmills, especially given the fact that multibillion-dollar projects also backed by the Biden administration on the East Coast are currently saying this is not going to pencil out. We can't get it done without gigantic amounts of money from the Congress. To your calls now, let's go, oh, and I should mention as well, today's X-Poll is brought to you my ultimate truck services if you rely on trucks for business ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right find them at ultimate dot com let's go to craig hey craig welcome to the program what's on your mind in this new year of twenty twenty four
9: hey thanks for taking my call i just was uh watching and i saw that uh the da uh, mike schmidt had gone down and visited one of the street races and uh, i thought Is that the first step in them being able to crack down on that and just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on it?
0: I think it's mostly optics, honestly, Craig, because they've known about this problem for literally years. And Schmidt Show, who has an election to win this this coming fall so that he can stay as district attorney, he wants to show that he's doing the right thing. But he sounds like kind of an idiot. Let me read a quote to you, Craig. This weekend, I joined PPB on their New Year's Eve street racing mission and saw firsthand how dangerous and disruptive street racing and street takeovers are to business, pedestrians, and other traffic. This guy had to—he went to law school. He got elected as the DA, but he has to actually go to a place and see it with his own eyes to understand that people going in circles uh, at, at at high speeds is dangerous you know that he didn't really comprehend how dangerous it could be to have those kinds of events in neighborhoods until he actually saw it with his own eyes and he says so they can be very challenging from a law enforcement perspective you know Craig I wish what they do is this I wish because I'm 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 bound and determined I've always tried to do this over the you know years I've been doing this talk show I've always tried to say here's how I'd solve it I wish the Portland police would get together with their buddies at TriMet who have increasingly fewer passengers all the time and say let us borrow about six of your buses and the next time we've got a street racing event going on we're going to go and block the streets at every point of the compass and we're going to block all the cars in now people will still run but you have enough officers there you snag you know a couple of dozen of them and you load them up on the TriMet bus and you charge them. And if you find stolen cars, you bring charges. And if you have other cars that are seized because they're involved in the street racing, then you you impound them until the owners show up. And, and you could make a dent in this. If all of a sudden involvement in a street race might mean charges plus the seizure of your car, plus just, you know, having to spend some time in custody, do you think you could actually get some of that activity to stop or slow down at least?
9: oh they would stop if you enforced it if they enforced anything uh... it would stop but uh... thanks for taking my call and bringing that uh... your thoughts on that
0: it's my pleasure i think that what mike schmidt show is trying to do is say look i'm actually doing something i'm actually involved in something involving criminal justice let me go to uh, janice hey janice welcome to the radio northwest network what's on your mind
7: hello it's always nice uh, listening to you man really is and thank you for taking you. my call
0: you bet
7: What i wanted to say is this the people here in this country who see what's really going on need to join together we all need to come together call our senators call our representatives and and possibly even call other states as well and make sure we tell them i mean not not including social security or ssi you know for people that need it but other things need to be shut down if they cannot shut that border down if they refuse to shut that border down and get this invasion under control here well then the the government needs to be shut down until they do because this is highly dangerous this is an invasion people and it's just got to be stopped
0: i mean consider the fact that portland now has had an outbreak, I don't know if Seattle Seattle had one about a year or two ago, of Shigella. Shigella is this disease most Americans say, what? You you say, what? what? Well, it's because it's, Janice, get this. We're a first world country. We're one of the most technological, one of the richest countries on Earth. And Shigella is normally found in sub-Saharan Africa. Okay, it's a disease of filth it's a disease that is spread by filth on your hands which you don't wash and then you eat and you know the the stuff from the toilet ends up in your mouth and and you end up getting sick and you say Well, how come we don't have that? Because we have modern plumbing, because we have hygiene, because we have all of those things. It's virtually unknown. But in the so-called homeless community, it's spreading fast. And if it's on the street, your shoe, well, you step in it, and then you go home and take your shoes off. Be sure you wash your hands after you take your shoes off, or you might get it too. In other words, third world diseases in America. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs, but how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed
0: IRA, you're not limited to equities
1: like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.
3: So, in. in exactly 15 seconds we'll be on the air. Is the Lars Larson Show?
5: Our beloved Republic is in the hands of Madmen. This is a dark day.
3: Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Live and now,
4: we're going to kick the Biden crime family
3: out of the White House. Here's your host.
4: Almost lost my wife, my '67 Corvette, and my cat.
0: Lars Larson. Welcome back, Lars Larson. Joe, it's a pleasure to be with you, and welcome back to the Radio Northwest Network. I want to tell you something. This story, uh the story that was broken by Kobi Television, and I want to talk to the news director, who is Craig Smolin. I know Craig Smolin in passing, and I know his boss as well. But um, but this one's strange because people have died. At least one person has died. Perhaps as many as nine, but we don't know. And the hospital won't say. And the police won't say. And it appears to involve the theft or diversion of one of the most deadly and dangerous painkillers out there, fentanyl. Except not fentanyl shipped in from China to Mexico across the border with Joe Biden's buddies and up to the northwest. No, this is about fentanyl in a medical setting where it has an appropriate use. It's a pleasure to welcome to the program Craig Smolin, news director at KOBI, uh, the uh, NBC affiliate Medford. How are you doing, Craig? Lars, it's good to be with you. Doing well. Now, I'm the opinion guy. I'm going to do my best not to drag you into opinion. But your news team, and in particular, one, one TV reporter with a great name, which you're going to have to share with my audience, uh, you broke this story. He broke this story. I, I thought well, I, I wouldn't have the guts to have an air name like that. So tell us who broke the story and what the story is about and what we know and what we don't know right now.
6: Maximus Osborne has done a fantastic job, uh, as well as Taylor Ancheris for our team here at NBC5 in Medford. Um, basically, we have multiple Asante sources telling us that as many as eight or nine people died at Rogue Regional Medical Center, which is the uh, kind of trademark, the their main hospital for Asante, which is a southern Oregon health system in Jackson and Josephine County, has three hospitals. Rogue Regional is its primary hospital and we're told that a nurse in the intensive care unit there replaced fentanyl used for pain with tap water now that tap water which i think is safe to say is not sterile i'm not a doctor but it's not sterile and that's led to multiple infections of pseudonomus uh which ordinarily isn't that that dangerous of an infection but in a hospital and an icu with people dealing with some pretty serious health complications that uh allegedly led to some Pretty, pretty nasty stuff, and several, a handful of people uh, appear to have died, according to our sources.
0: Okay, and that's all solid information. The other piece to this, because can I guess that while Asani's not talking, the only reason you give somebody fentanyl uh, in a hospital or a clinical setting is because they're in incredible pain. Is that fair to say?
6: Everything I've been told from people far more knowledgeable than I, MDs, the, the like, uh, say that's true. It's a pain medication, uh, not something you would find on the street. Uh, it's obviously, uh, you know, I believe most of the problems we see in Oregon as a result of fentanyl on the streets is about the amount and how, how potent it is. In a hospital where it can be controlled, in theory, uh, then, then it can be used for pain medication.
0: And and because of that, we may have not only the death of nine or ten people or eight or nine people, but we may have to have people who were in the last what hours or days of their lives in incredible pain and denied the medication that would have relieved that pain.
6: Well, I can't speak to whether they were denied any medication, but well, we do if, know if that, somebody that took that the fentanyl
0: they were supposed, to, Craig, if they were if somebody took the fentanyl they were supposed to get and put tap water in instead and took the fentanyl and did something with it diverted it in some way then they didn't get the medication right logically in theory in theory yeah. yes, in so theory, I so okay so at this point why aren't the police telling you i mean what what is the sum total of what the police will tell you
6: well police are very careful to say to you know we when we spoke to them originally we were asking about death investigation and they were quite clear it is an investigation. They didn't like the term death investigation with this. Um, Asante has been, I think it's a two-sentence statement. You've probably seen it. It says, we were distressed to learn of this issue. We reported it to law enforcement and are working closely with them. That is the extent, Those the, that brief two-sentence lawyered statement, along with what MPD is telling us, that's the extent of the on-the-record uh, kind of comments from these authorities. The FBI did confirm with us today that they are, uh, aiding Medford police local law enforcement in this investigation, and presumably the DEA is as well as they've been involved in many cases like this, but uh, that on my part is speculation
0: well, the other piece is do we know whether there was just one person involved in this alleged d- uh, diversion or were there more than uh, more than, was there more than one person involved
6: Our sources say it was one nurse in the intensive care unit.
0: Now, uh, since the hospital hasn't said, do we know whether the nurse is still working in the intensive care unit? We do not know that. Now,
6: does that seem a little disturbing? One of many many questions for the hospital, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, no, and and that's the crazy thing, Craig, is if you say, well, I understand the person hasn't been charged with anything yet. Nobody's been arrested. That means nobody is in custody. Where is this person? Are they still working at the job where they may have done this thing?
6: I'd love to know the answer to that myself. I'm afraid we don't know. It's uh, purely speculation at this point.
0: See, I'm kind of hoping that we could shame Asante into at least saying to the to the public, we have removed that person from their role, uh, doing what they were doing, caring for critically Ill, Ill people, and perhaps allegedly denying people the medication they needed, and putting in tap water that may well have led to their deaths, but the fact that the hospital won't say that, and I would imagine, would you imagine if they have removed that person from a regular rotation that people within that hospital know who this person is? It's just the community that's being denied the information. Fair to fair to conclude? I'd say that's fair. Yeah. So so have they told you, have the police or the hospital told you anything more about about how soon the community is going to be brought in on this little secret that's apparently only known to the police and to the Asante Road Regional Medical Center?
6: There may be an update later this afternoon uh, from local law enforcement, um, but since since we broke this story Friday, uh, neither the hospital or or Medford police have said anything beyond the basics of, of what you and I have covered so far. It's so, been, Craig, uh, not any, a lot of information.
0: Is there anything else that I haven't covered that you know about the story or that Maximus Osborne has broken about
6: this story that the public ought to know? And you're right, by the way, Maximus is a fantastic name, and he was encouraged to keep it as such for his uh, broadcast career. Uh, We did report yesterday that Asante has investigated a potential link between hospital-acquired infections and water quality issues. Well, their, their former Vice President of Quality and Patient Safety uh, declined to to comment about this current investigation, but she did confirm she no longer works for the hospital system. Uh, she wrote a couple articles that have since been taken down from Asante's website. Uh, one of them uh, from December 2022 said several central line infections in Asante critical care units were linked to waterborne bacteria. Now. As, as you talked about a lot of doctors have a lot of questions our own medical expert she's the host of our daily or weekly medical call-in show uh, dr Robin Miller she said there's no way water would get into a central line to cause a waterborne illness unless it was injected
0: unless it was injected and so is it possible that article was written as a way to cover what was going on and was it going
6: on as far back as 2022 I you know've we've, we've seen various reports but I, I can't confirm that at this point.
0: Fair enough. And I didn't drag you across the line into opinion. So, Craig, I really appreciate you doing this on behalf of Maximus Osborne, who gets the full credit for breaking this story. Craig, thank you very much. And and best to KOBI and I hope Asante comes clean with the community. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you on this. Craig Smullen, news director of KOBI, the NBC affiliate in Medford. Back in a moment, you're listening to The Lars Larsen Show. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not
1: limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAAdvantage.com.
3: Hey, at OregonGunLaw.com. A reminder you are in control. Our Constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. This is The Lars Larson Show.
6: Do you believe that a border wall is part of the answer, yes or no? No. No.
0: No. Now, that was a question asked by Senator Katie Britt of Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the Secretary of Homeland Security. And you can tell that she's up against a kind of a wall herself, because she's asking the head of Homeland Security, do you believe that building a wall on America's southern border is part of the answer to this massive invasion of illegal aliens who've been coming into America? There's a lot there. But let me tell you what's happened most recently, and I don't want to invite your phone calls. What's happened within the last few hours is that we've learned that the House of Representatives, at long last and as far as I'm concerned, way too late, has finally decided to proceed with impeachment hearings against Secretary Mayorkas, who I think richly deserves to be impeached from his federal job. That's what the purpose of impeachment is. In any case, let me talk about that in a moment. First, if you want to join the best conversation and talk journalism, it's right here at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. If you're a naysayer, we'll put you right to the head of the line. If you want to send an email instead, talk at LarsLarson.com. And, of course, you can always vote in our poll on X uh used to be called Twitter, now it's the X, so uh, we're calling it the Poll on X. In any case, the question is there every day at Lars Larson Show. You can also find it on my website at LarsLarson.com. So you have a United States senator asking questions of the Secretary of Homeland Security. That is the job of the Congress. The Congress has not just the authority to do oversight on federal agencies, they have the responsibility, and they are different. Authority and responsibility they're asking the questions and was Mayorkas say now a wall is not the answer This is kind of like all of the answers that Mayorkas has been offering up I believe that he has lied to the United States Congress that he has Facilitated the illegal entry into America of literally millions of illegal aliens and if you say well He was just following orders from Joe Biden. yeah. But just following orders, that's one of those things that didn't work at Nuremberg, it doesn't work today. So when you have the Secretary of Homeland Security telling the Congress, as he's told them over and over again, we have a secure border. But then, then what he wants to talk about, and I want to run that soundbite called broken, because Mayorkas runs something, and I'll tell you the kind of code that he's speaking in. So the soundbite is broken. Would you play that one, please, Joel? We, ne- we are dealing with... Fundamentally, we are dealing with a broken immigration system, and that includes the asylum process. Now, let me tell you why that sounds like a good answer. It is hogwash, because here's what Mayorkas is saying. There are liberals and progressives in America who believe that anybody in the world of the 8 billion people on this planet who want to come to America should be be allowed to come into America in numbers that they decide. Not that America decides. In other words, anybody who wants to come should be allowed to come in. And when he says it's a broken broken process, including the asylum process, that's hogwash as well. We have a very healthy in-migration to the United States. We allow more than one million people every single year. And we have, for a couple of decades, allowed one million people plus every single year to come to America legally to get a green card, to work, and if they, you know, don't go out and commit crimes, and if they study the uh, citizenship test, they can take the test, they can take the oath of citizenship, and they can become American citizens. That is more generous by proportion than every other good country on this planet. And when I say good country, I know some people are going to get their backs up. But what I mean by that is any country you'd actually want to move to, and when people say, well, what, are you disparaging some of those countries as uh, something less than ideal? Yeah, I am. I'm suggesting that not too many people say, I'd like to move to Cuba or I'd like to move to Venezuela or I'd like to move to Russia or North Korea or South Korea or even China. Uh, you don't find a lot of people saying, one of these days I hope I can retire to Sudan or Yemen or maybe Saudi Arabia. Not too many people. And yet there are at least hundreds of millions of people, maybe even billions of people on this planet, who, if they thought they could come to the United States of America, they understand what a wonderful country this is and can be again when Joe Biden is no longer the president. But uh, when he says it's a broken asylum process, the asylum process is very simple. If you come to the United States, if you come to a, a border uh, point, an entry point, and you say, I am fleeing persecution in my own country and i've i've come here to your country and i'd like to get asylum all you have to do is show that you are under some kind of persecution in your home country persecution because race religion national origin skin color any of those now if you merely come to the border and say hey i want to make more money by working in america that doesn't get you asylum if you say my country has a lot of crime and violence in it that doesn't get you in What gets you in is actual persecution. And how do I know that? Because the Congress wrote that into a law. And if the Congress had wanted to say anybody who wants to come to America should be able to come to America, they would have written that in the law. They specifically did not. So guess what? Now we've got a problem where we're coming up on three years of Joe Biden. And in those three years, more than nine million people have illegally crossed our southern border. And some of them have been sent back, a very small number, but a great many of them are still in the United States. And in the month of December alone, we hit a brand new record peak, and Joe Biden's been breaking records right and left his entire presidency. More than 303,000 people crossed illegally into America that we know of. There may have been another 50 or 100,000 who crossed in, and we didn't know about them. But that's been happening for the last almost three years now we've added nine million people and what has it done well the most visible effects are in places like new york city and chicago and philadelphia and washington dc cities where they're literally diverting resources from the needs of actual citizens to take care of the crimes the health care needs the feeding the housing and everything else of literally millions of illegal aliens in california California has now decided that even though it's facing a $68 billion deficit, California said, we're going to sign up all of the illegal aliens for Medicare, for Medicaid. And this is also being done in about a dozen other states in America. And if you say, well, who's paying for that, Lars? I can tell you who's paying for it. You're paying for it. I'm paying for it. American citizens are paying to provide free medical care. And if you thought there was a giant invasion last year and the year before that and the first year of Joe Biden, just wait until they find out you can come to America. They'll give you thousands of dollars when you reach the border and uh, and they'll say, here, here's an airplane ticket that goes anywhere in America. We can then go to their biggest cities and their cities will actually divert resources from their own citizens to pay for us. So guess what happens when somebody like Senator John Kennedy, a good Republican of Louisiana, is asking questions of Majorcas? Play that one, please. How many members of Hamas have come into our country across the southern border?
9: Uh, Senator, I'm not aware of a member of Hamas crossing the border.
0: And he's not aware of it because they're not checking. They're not vetting the people who come into this country at all. Now, if you come in legally through the green card process, you get vetted very, very thoroughly. If you show up at the border, the border patrol just writes you a ticket, says show up for court in a few years. In the meantime, here's some cash. Here's an airplane ticket. Welcome to America. You get free medical care paid for by the citizens. Now, if citizens are willing to tolerate that kind of nonsense, then I guess so be it. But I'm not, and I'll bet a lot of you aren't either. Plan to get your calls at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your email to talk at LarsLarson.com and you're listening to The the Lars Larson Show.
3: Senator John Kennedy on the Washington Establishment. The Washington
9: Establishment is working harder than an ugly stripper to cover up whatever
5: happened.
0: This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I always like to disclose my dog in the fight. I don't believe in suicide. And I happen to have been around when I saw the first government on planet Earth to formally legalize suicide. That was the state of Oregon that said if you're terminally ill, if you can talk to your doctor, if you're not depressed, which seems kind of unlikely, if you're terminally ill. But if you're not depressed and you're making your own decisions, you are allowed with the help of the state to take your own life. Well, now this this idea has been expanding dramatically and to a large extent uh, invisibly because it doesn't get as much coverage as you might think it would. Canada has dramatically expanded opportunities for suicide and the definition of who's li- who's uh, el- eligible, if you will, for suicide assisted by the state. Uh Wesley Smith is a guy though who covers this thoroughly. He's an author and senior fellow at the Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism and he brought to my attention something that makes this uh, I guess more if if it's possible to be more disturbing than it already is, the sarco suicide pod. Wesley, welcome back.
4: Thanks, Lars, and happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you as well, and I hope it's a happier one at the end of this year and that we have fewer people pushing the idea of suicide for just about anybody. But would you mind telling my audience what this Sarco Suicide Pod is?
4: Sure. It, it was invented by a, an Australian doctor named Philip Nitsky, uh, who has for decades uh, been pushing suicide uh, basically throughout the world. In fact, he uh, did an interview back in uh, 2000 or so, with uh, Catherine Lopez of the uh, National Review, saying he wanted suicide pills to be made available to troubled teenagers. This is how wild and radical this guy is. But the media love him. And every time he comes up with an idea for how to commit suicide uh, contraptions, they swarm him. In fact, I, I once went to Australia and busted him because he was selling, in the media, I, uh, I busted him because he was selling suicide bags for people to use. Well, now he's come up with what's called the suicide pod, where it's kind of like a, a modernistic-looking uh, coffin, right? And you go in there, and you answer a few questions, and if you decide to die, you get overdosed with nitrogen. And the idea of the, behind this is that it'll be a pleasant way to die, and you can take the suicide pod to the redwoods and die amidst the redwoods and so forth. Of course, no suicide prevention, <clears throat> no attempt to... uh um, talk somebody uh, into living rather than dying. And apparently Switzerland has given the stamp of approval of regulators to the suicide pod. Of course, we shouldn't be surprised because Switzerland allows suicide clinics where people fly in from all over the world, let's say in business class, pay $10,000 to be made dead and then fly home in the hold of the plane.
0: Unbelievable. And the Swiss government pays or allows these for-profit suicide clinics to operate
4: well technically they say they're not for profit, but wink wink right, right. um Swiss government doesn't pay, but people pay and uh for example, uh, there was a, an Italian elderly woman who got depressed because she was elderly. she went to the suicide clinic, had herself assisted in suicide, and the first the family knew about it was when they received her ashes in the mail uh, that's real compassion
0: she ha- they hadn't talked to her family, she hadn't talked to her no. family. So, right. Why would the Swiss government's uh, and why are they so seemingly so enthusiastic because having read the things you write, uh, I almost thought that Canada was leading the pack of the pro-suicide march.
4: Well, Switzerland actually interestingly legalized assisted suicide in 1942. Uh and it wasn't part of the so-called right to die movement from what I can discern, but they did that. And nobody really knew about it until the, um, you know, modern iteration of the euthanasia movement when, uh, as you said, Oregon first legalized assisted suicide. I thought it was the first jurisdiction to do that, but actually Switzerland was. But Switzerland is kind of a quirky libertarian country. They have a provision in their constitution, (laughs) believe it or not, that says that individual plants have dignity. And and they basically say this, uh, and they created a bioethics commission to explain why would individual plants have dignity, inherent worth, and it's because they share uh, molecular structures with us, and therefore it's unethical to what they call decapitate a wildflower. Uh, it's against the law in Switzerland to to flush a live goldfish down the toilet, uh, and they get they they really kind of go into this almost uh, woke kind of. Um, uh, uh, laws that are that are that are just plain weird often, and I think the suicide clinics are also a, a weird iteration of this kind of uh, mindset
0: i 'm talking to Wesley Smith, who's both an author and a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute Center on in Human Exceptionalism. I get into a lot of debates with callers who say, Well, everybody should have the right to commit suicide, and I said, Well, inherently you do. if a, an individual says, I want to commit suicide, there's really not much you can do to stop him.." Uh, except perhaps for the laws that say it's illegal to attempt suicide or to commit suicide, because that gives the law the ability to maybe pull you back from the brink. But when the state gets involved, and by that I mean the country, either Switzerland or the state, that's authorized this, as a few states have done in America, they're saying... You can do it with our assistance and with our official sanction, which I think changes the whole equation from an individual who perhaps is despairing and then decides to take his or her own life. That's one thing. But when the state, which represents all of us, uh, says, well, you can do it, and we'll help you do it. We'll give you a doctor who's licensed by us. We'll let him give you pharmaceuticals, uh, which are licensed and, and authorized by us. That changes the whole complexion of the of the whole picture. Where is this all going to go?
4: Yeah, it, it actually is not about suicide. It's about a joint enterprise to make someone dead, and it allows privatized killing uh, that becomes legal. Um, where this is going to go is where it's gone in Germany, unless people decide they want to put their foot down and say, you know, this is not a good idea. Germany, uh, Germany's highest court basically said there is a fundamental constitutional right in Germany to commit suicide for any reason and for any purpose. You don't have to have. This is, by the way, Nitsky's, um belief. He thinks that, uh, that he has a radical belief that you have an uh, absolute right to commit suicide for any reason, for any purpose. And to get any kind of help you want. Well, that's what the German court said. You have a right to suicide. You have a right, uh, without reason, without regard to reason. It's all about personal autonomy. And as an ancillary part of that, you have a right to assistance. And if people want to assist, they have a constitutional right to assist. In other words, death on demand. That's where this leads. This is a very nihilistic and dark movement that is pro-suicide. We're no longer an anti-suicide society in the West. We are now pro-some suicides, and we're moving toward just being plain old pro-suicide. The only real suicides that people get exercised about anymore are teen suicides and uh, suicides of vets, veterans. But, you know, it's kind of a mixed message when you say, no, no, don't commit suicide, you're a veteran, but I have cancer. Oh, here are your pills. It's it's an incredible uh, paradox there.
0: No, and and then this. I know that people think, well, it'll stop. It'll only involve those who are terminally ill, uh, uh, and that sort of thing. But that's not where Canada's gone. Haven't they gone well beyond that?
4: Well, Switzerland has, Belgium has, Netherlands has, and Canada has. And in Canada, Belgium, and Netherlands, you can be lethally injected. It's not suicide. It's homicide. It's legal homicide, where the doctor or a certified nurse practitioner lethally injects you. Or, uh any kind of illness that you believe causes, and it's all subjective, irremediable suffering, disability, frail elderly, the Netherlands and uh, uh, Belgium allow the mentally ill to be euthanized, and then sometimes their organs are harvested because they've got healthy organs. Canada is about to allow mentally ill people to be euthanized uh, this year. It was supposed to start last year, but they delayed it a year. Canada also conjoins euthanasia with uh, um, with um, uh, organ harvesting and yeah. now we've been seeing stories out of Canada where people cannot, because of the socialized medical system can't get access to oncologists when they're diagnosed with cancer so they're asking for euthanasia
0: unbelievable that is Wesley Smith from the Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism. Wesley, thank you very much you're listening to the Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs, but how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited
1: to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAAdvantage.com. Welcome
3: back to the Large Larson Show.
0: Welcome back to the Lawrence Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. It's a pleasure to be with you on a Wednesday. Always glad to take your calls. And this segment of the show is brought to you by NickShivers.com. Go to NickShivers.com for an instant offer to sell your home immediately. No showings, no hassles, and you pick the closing date. NickShivers.com for details. Now. One of the developments we've been watching today, although it keeps getting delayed, is the release of some of the client list of Jeffrey Epstein. And if you need a reminder, Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted pedophile. He was then accused of trafficking in children for sexual purposes, not just for himself but for some of his close friends. And he had a lot of close friends who were very, very wealthy and very powerful and very influential. Among that crowd of friends who knew that Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted pedophile and stayed associated with him anyway are the likes of, say, Bill Gates. In fact, at the time that Bill Gates got divorced from his ex, now ex-wife, Um, one of the things that came up was the fact that she strongly objected to Bill Gates staying associated with and continuing to uh, befriend Jeffrey Epstein. Now, is there any indication that Bill Gates availed himself of some of the child trafficking that Jeffrey Epstein was involved in? No evidence of that at all at this point. However, today, the uh, list, some of the additional documents that are going to describe some of the people who are in Jeffrey Epstein's close orbit – uh... they're going to be released that is if it's not delayed one more time but the fact is about hundred and seventy people who were associated with jeffrey epstein who died in custody the official conclusion was that he committed suicide even though he was supposed to be closely monitored while he was in custody awaiting trial on new charges that involve some of his misdeeds with children well the identities of hundred and seventy jeffrey epstein associates likely to include John Doe number 36, that's Bill Clinton. Yeah, President Bill Clinton. And, of course, Prince Andrew, who's now been thoroughly disgraced. The unsealing should begin today, is what the Manhattan Federal District Court executive, Edward Friedland, said. That was confirmed today. The anticipated unveiling, according to the New York Post, is part of a since settled 2015 defamation case that accuser Virginia Jeffrey, Virginia Roberts, brought against uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, who was the madam, the trafficker for Jeffrey Epstein. As I said, Epstein died in custody. And it's interesting because now you're reminded of some of the things Jeffrey Epstein had to say before he died. In fact, what he said, and this one went right to the core of the matter, was that Jeffrey Epstein said that if he uh, were to release the information he knew about certain celebrities that they would have had to cancel the 2016 presidential election the direct quote is if I said what I know about both candidates they'd have to cancel the election That's what Jeffrey Epstein said to mark Epstein his brother he told the New York Post this today recalling a conversation that he had with his brother about the showdown between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton but the question is what are we gonna learn from the release of this list we don't know at this point But it has been delayed often enough that I figure the only reason it's being delayed is not because it includes the names of some average folks, and it does include some average folks, staff members of Jeffrey Epstein and and the rest, but because it includes politically and financially powerful people in America who would do almost anything to make sure that 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 information does not uh, see the light of day. Now, one of the other questions I've got for you is what's going to happen in all the states in which Donald Trump is being challenged on the ballot. You know about the state of Maine, where the Secretary of State has already thrown him off the ballot, and she famously came out today and said, no, it has nothing whatsoever to do with politics. I did this just because Donald Trump was involved in an insurrection during the January 6th attack on the Capitol in Washington, D.C. However you want to see that incident, the fact is, is that that incident should shame America. Not because of the attack on the Capitol, but because of the way that the defendants in that case have been treated since. If they were guilty of trespass, fine. You know, uh, put them in front of a judge, find them, give them a little bit of time. Instead, many of those people have been locked up, denied trials, denied all of their civil rights, and it's just dead wrong. Now, there are cases being brought in about 16 states around the country, including Oregon. One of them, a lawsuit brought by a group called Free Speech for People, They always put a warm, fuzzy name on these groups, even if they're not, on behalf of five Oregon voters who are asking the Oregon Supreme Court to rule that Donald Trump's actions amounted to an insurrection, and that disqualifies him from running for president. Well, he filed a response, and the response offers seven different reasons he must appear on the primary ballot in the state of Oregon. The primary doesn't happen until May of this year, including the fact that He doesn't think the January 6th attack on the Capitol constitutes an insurrection, and neither do I. And apparently neither did the Joe Biden Department of Justice, which decided to charge six individuals with insurrection, but not Donald Trump. Donald Trump not even named as an unindicted co-conspirator in that alleged insurrection. So if the Joe Biden FBI decided he wasn't involved in an insurrection, and the Joe Biden DOJ decided he was not involved in an insurrection, And the only time he's ever been accused without evidence of being involved in an insurrection was in the impeachment hearing that was held illegally and unconstitutionally in the weeks right before Donald Trump exited the presidency. And in that case, it went to the Senate for a trial, and he was acquitted in the trial. And I've also asked people, just think about this for a moment. Insurrection in generic terms means the attempt to overthrow the government. But Donald Trump supporters, even the ones who broke the law, were saying was count the ballots and count only the legal ballots and count the ballots accurately and determine the election of 2020. That really didn't get done. And that's all they were asking for. That's not an attempt to overthrow a government. That's an attempt to support a government. The Lars Larson. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So
0: with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds?
1: Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to IRAadvantage.com. View the videos. And then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAAdvantage.com. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: you ready for the big show? Right. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. This is the Large Larson Show. Our oh,
5: beloved It's in the hands of Mad Men. This is a dark day.
3: Honestly, provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Lars. And now... crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife,
4: my 67 Corvette, and my cat, Lars
0: Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you in this brand new year, and a real pleasure. Welcome back my talk brother, and that is the Hoff father, Ari Hoffman. He hosts the Ari Hoffman Show on our Seattle affiliate KVI. Ari, welcome back, and happy new year.
9: Happy New Year to you. Love the opening of your show. Every time that line from Joe Biden makes me giggle.
0: Isn't that crazy? He just says the craziest (laughs) things and and not in a good way. Uh, Although I guess since we're going to talk Israel, your New Year doesn't come for, what, nine months yet? We gotta, yeah, we gotta we, this is so like four months ago for us, bro. But I'm glad everybody else is <laughs> having a great New Year. <laughs> no, no doubt. Well, it it might be a great New Year if you listen to Jean Pierre. It's already a great New Year. The economy is going great. The uh, war in Ukraine is going great. Everything's going great. Nothing's going wrong, and the border is just fine. But let's let's talk about Israel because that's a particular interest for both you and me. And and I, I'm concerned about where this is going. That the political pressure on Israel to say. Don't go in and destroy the terrorists. Just let them, let them rearm so they can come back at you in, in another year or two. What's
9: insane to me is they keep allowing aid into Gaza. We know that the people who are in Gaza overwhelmingly support Hamas, and we're talking 75% and upwards. And they keep sending this aid in, and they still haven't gone back the hostages, not the Israeli hostages, not the American hostages, not hostages from other countries. There are 136 people, including a baby who is celebrating his one-year-old birthday today in Hamas captivity. We found out last week that another american died in captivity and yet nobody's talking about them anymore the biden administration seems content to just pressure them that oh yeah just let hamas rearm and everything will be fine
0: do you know i I gotta tell you ari one time i got a chance to fly on air force two now this does relate and i'll tell you why and why was on air force two because i flew from spokane to seattle uh i was covering mrs carter's visit it was a campaign uh visit to seattle because she was campaigning for her husband, who was stuck at the White House, because now Jimmy Carter is not you know, the smartest tool in the shed, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but he said he would not leave the White House until the hostage crisis in Iran was over now it turns out he he left the presidency before the hostage crisis was over uh but that's that's because he was incompetent but the fact is that uh, that he and i don't think that's the right thing for a president to do a president can be a president on the road and be in just as much communication as he is at the white house but but you at least had a daily watch there are hostages, 44 of them. They're in Iran, and and America was fixated on that for 444 days. This one, it's almost as though most of the major media and most of the people in this country have forgotten. They're Americans being held hostage. What changed between 79 and now?
9: This is by design. They realize that that cost Carter the election. And if you look at Joe Biden presidency, it's the Carter administration on steroids. And what they're petrified about is that likely Donald Trump will be the challenger against Joe Biden. And what they're worried about is if they start running that, I mean, think about it this way. COVID cases were at the bottom of the screen every day because they want Trump out of office. Why aren't those numbers at the bottom of the screen every day? Why aren't they doing nightly updates? Because if they do, the Americans will realize Joe Biden doesn't care about them he won't care about them if they're overseas. He won't care about them at all. It just reinforces that and they know they'll lose an election just like Carter did.
0: In fact, wasn't the original Nightline show based on a night, nightly watch on what was going on? I think that was—that's my recollection, isn't it? Or, or was it another? I'm
9: pretty sure you're right. It was one of those shows. I mean, Ted Koppel, somebody like that. I remember was I watched these clips. This was something I've studied in depth because, well, I was—I'm a little bit younger than you, Lars, but this <laughs> thing I studied in depth because my parents were big fans of Ronald Reagan. My father actually worked on Reagan's campaign, and this was something he wanted me to know as a kid. I mean, this is the difference between success and failure. And you look at that administration. There's actually a great line in the movie Argo, the movie Argo, which Ben Affleck made about getting the hostages out of Iran, great, the six-man to escape. Yeah. yeah. So there's a great line where they talk about a guy who's putting American flags on his lawn, one for every day of captivity. And they said when that guy hits 365, you know, Reagan wins the election, and it's 100 <laughs> percent right. If we were doing that right now, Joe Biden, his polls would be his polls are dropping already, but they'd be minuscule. They'd be single digit by now if people were actually talking about this
0: well it 's funny because we have a better way of communicating I mean, between social media and all the mainstream media that 's much bigger today than it was in one thousand nine hundred and seventy nine you 'd think uh, well, if anything else would captivate, captivate Americans, the idea of Americans being held by an honest to god terrorist organization uh, and being held for this length of time that uh, we 'd be fix it every day 'd be well what 's happened with the hostages instead the story' being made to disappear, but let me ask you this: my concern is, is about the political pressure that's being brought to bear in Israel saying, don't destroy the terrorist organization Hamas. And that just, I, I never thought Americans would, you know, would, would endorse that kind of idea.
9: I think the majority of them don't large so I actually saw something inspiring the other night at a pro Hamas rally no not them but I was at the one at the Space Needle where they were trying to stop the celebrations there the police were ready for them Seattle Center was ready for them so they didn't get very far but what I did see that was inspiring was there's this one guy who's going I just want to get a frozen yogurt can you guys shut up (laughs) Like that was really the thing was that they're protesting next to this long line of people who are online for concessions and the average Person, even in Seattle, Washington, is looking at these people like they're morons. People are getting tired of this stuff. I don't know if you saw this yet, Lars. I haven't posted it yet. But you know the Democrats treat January 6th like it's a national day of mourning. And yep. this year, the pro-Hamas activists are now trying to co-opt that to be about Israel-Palestine. That's their new thing. They're planning on protesting across the country on Saturday, January 6th to mark the occasion. But what is it about? It's about giving the land of America and Israel back to its indigenous people. That's the, what they want to do. I mean, you should
0: see this yep. insanity, Lars. i, I got to tell you, though, Ari, there was a lady who called in the other day and uh, no i'm sorry this happened during the christmas break it was a, a get together at, at our neighbor's house and this lady was telling me she said well i'm concerned about the palestinian people i said you have mentioned the palestinians a few times can you tell me where their country is and she just looked at me and and i said can you tell me what the capital of that country is who's the president or prime minister and she just stared at me she it just it she was deer in the headlights and i said uh, and she, and earlier she'd been you know jawing about uh about the indigenous people of the united states and i said okay you can not have it both ways and she said what do you mean i said well your argument is that the native americans have a greater claim because they were here longer you know they came here earlier and she said they didn't come here they were just here and i thought what i said no the the archaeologists say they came here nine or ten thousand years ago somewhere in that range and she said and she apparently was unaware of that and i said so we've been here europeans have been here not as long they've been here longer they have a greater claim i said how long have the Jews been living in Israel? And, uh, I said, isn't it about 4,000 years or so, at least 4,000 years documented in the most famous book on the planet? And, uh, at that point, we, we both moved off to other conversations, which I think <laughs> discretion is the better part of valor, right?
9: Sure. Well, I'll tell you, there was a woman at Seattle Center who was handing out flyers who was trying to convince people of her cause. So I asked her if she wanted to be interviewed, and she said, yes, I'll make sure to send this clip to you. And when I asked her, when they chant from the river to the sea, what are they talking about? She said, I don't know, but it's very dramatic, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, these are the people you're talking about down there, Lars. They don't even know what they're protesting. There's a great movie that needs a remake, and I don't often say that about Hollywood. What I is- think they should stop recycling garbage, but it's called PCU, Politically Correct University. And there's a great scene where they're showing everybody how politically correct. This thing came out in the 90s
0: with David. You know what, Ari, I've got to cut it off at that point. That's my fellow talker, Ari Hoffman, from our Seattle affiliate KPI. Back in a moment, you're listening to the Lars Luxon Show. Is- I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs, but how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities
1: like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.org.
3: lots of folks worry about their firearms but lars doesn't have to worry about biden taking his guns he stores them upstairs this is the lars larson show
0: big iron on his welcome back to the lars larson show it's a pleasure to be with you and i want to give you some information about something that is happening in about a dozen states around america And you have to ask yourself this question. Should American taxpayers fund the health care costs for millions of Biden's border jumpers? You know, the illegal aliens who are flooding across our border by the millions, a third of a million in December alone. And should you be paying the cost, not just the cash they get when they arrive, not just the free airline ticket or bus ticket they get to anywhere in America, not just the couple of thousand dollars that they're given, all of them, uh, so that they can go out and, you know, get the basic necessities of life. And then big cities that have to provide a place for them to live and food for them to eat and all these other things at the expense of their own citizens. And now, now a bunch of states are saying, well, we should give them health care at no cost to them as well no cost to them, the cost will be borne instead by taxpayers. And I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. First, I want to go to Charles. Hey, Charles, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind?
9: Thank you, brother. A uh, couple things about this uh, insurrection. My fingers <laughs> are up in quotation marks. You can't tell. Uh, I can tell. And the January 6th committee that somehow I, I've seen on different uh, non-liberal news that uh, the January 6th committee investigation, tapes, uh, documentation, hearing, all that has somehow magically uh, disappeared. Yep, a lot of it did. Magically. Okay, so if
10: that disappeared, how are they pushing this uh, insurrection
9: and other mass agglomeration of miscellaneous bs on the people that they have arrested imprisoned and on uh, president trump if you I'll don't you, have the
0: evidence you can't tell do you, it can you there, well i think they think they can and let me tell you what i think the the plan is the plan and i could point out a, probably a dozen times in the last 20 years that the Democrats have launched a plan like this. They certainly did it on two of Donald Trump's nominees for the U.S. Supreme Court. They told lies about him. They said, why? When he was in high school, he raped a girl, uh, except she can't remember exactly when it happened or where it happened or who it involved or anything else. She has no clear memory of what happened, uh, but, but it happened. And he also ran a sex and drugs ring. And, uh, and, and you, you remember the charges they were bringing up about Donald Trump's two, three nominees, not Amy Coney Barrett, they tried a different tact with her. And if you look at those stories, you know, the way I do as a reporter, and you say, well, we're going to be able to prove that those are, they're, they're based on nothing. There is no evidence that any of that stuff ever happened. In fact, there's evidence that it didn't happen. And you say, well, is this a new tactic? No, it's actually a tactic the Democrats have tried for a long time. And I don't know, I don't have a fancy name for it. But what it would be is a lie that lasts long enough okay and and so all you have to do is have the lie last long enough you know it's going to be short-lived you know it's going to be disproved but if you can get somebody to believe it just for a little bit of time a few weeks a few days maybe a month or two and it destroys that candidate for supreme court in that case it would be like if you were working at a, at your job and there, and you thought well they're going to hire this guy that i just absolutely can't stand so you go in and you tell the boss, you don't want to hire that guy. He's a he's a convicted pedophile. And you realize in the long term, if they bother to check, they're going to find out that your your claim about this guy is completely false. But if it lasts long enough for your boss to say, oh, well, in that case, we're not even going to look at him. You've just done, you've just pulled the standard Democrat, ta- you know, their tactic that they use these days, which is get somebody to believe something for a while. And in a month, it won't matter if it's true or not. We will have already done the damage we sought to do. For example, and and this is a hardcore example, you had Joe Biden when he came into office repeat over and over again that a police officer, a Capitol cop by the name of Brian Sicknick, was murdered on January the 6th. And he said it over and over and over again. I mean, we got sound bites out the wazoo of him saying that you say, well, was that the case? Was he actually murdered on January 6th? And the answer was, eventually, that the D.C. medical examiner, who works for a very, very liberal city government, the city of the District of Columbia, determined that he wasn't murdered. He didn't die on January 6th. He died on January 7th. And the medical examiner determined that he died of a stroke of natural causes that was not caused by the events of January 6th. And you say... So the president lied. Yeah. But he got people to hear there was an insurrection. Donald Trump caused the insurrection. Although, when you ask them, what did Donald Trump say or do on that day that caused the insurrection? They can't tell you. But it doesn't matter. If they get people saying, well, you know, he caused that insurrection, it it becomes like the people, when, when we used to have daily newspapers, they're, for the most part, gone these days, and people would see a headline. You know, so-and-so charged with murder. And they wouldn't read the story or they wouldn't read beyond the first paragraph. But from that point forward, if anybody brought that, that story up, you'd say, Oh, that's the guy who murdered so-and-so. And And you say, No, Mm -hmm. he didn't, he didn't murder anybody. You know, well, no, I saw the headline and that's all they read. They've understood something that is really disaster. It can be disastrous, but it's really, uh, underhanded. To say, if I can get everybody talking about Donald Trump caused an insurrection, really? How? Well, in his speech, he told people to go up and attack the Capitol. No, he didn't. I've read the speech. I've seen the speech. I saw it live. I saw it after it was live. I read the entire text. I looked for anything in there they could have pointed to. And in fact, what he did say was, let's go up and peacefully and patriotically tell the Congress we want all the votes counted and only the legal votes. And you say, that's what caused the insurrection? the attempted takeover of the US government the overthrow of the US government that's what caused it and since then they knew that eventually the FBI would look at it and say there's nothing there to charge and the DOJ would look at it and say there's nothing there to charge but if they could get people talking about it and that's what they do you talk to most democrats these days and they'll say Donald Trump caused that insurrection really how do you do that well you know you know and i said no well you know mm-hmm. is not a standard of proof a uh, well you know right. is is just well well, you know, you read the headline, Donald Trump caused the insurrection. And that's this woman in Maine, their secretary, uh, Sh- Shiana Bellows. She decided in an administrative hearing and said, I'm taking him off the ballot because he caused the insurrection. He participated in an insurrection. Therefore, he's disqualified under the 14th Amendment of the Constitution that if you're involved in an insurrection against the U.S. government and took an active role in it, and that did and it did require an active role. Because they said people in the South during the, before the Civil War, who merely said, you know, maybe we should secede or maybe we should fight the North, they weren't disqualified. But the people who took an active role in the military or, or elsewhere were disqualified from holding federal office. Okay. Uh, that's what they wrote in, but how did Donald Trump do that? It doesn't matter to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it matters a lot to you and me, but it doesn't matter to them at all. Charles, I appreciate the phone call. By the way, let me just give you the details california is extending free health care paid for by american taxpayers to every single illegal alien in the state and they're doing it through the medi-cal program which is funded you know in part by the federal government in part by the local taxpayers there are now a dozen states Connecticut, New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Maine, Vermont, Oregon, Illinois, and Washington, who already cover illegal aliens, and there are left-wingers who want to extend it to every age of illegal aliens. That's what they want to do, and that's why some Americans don't have good health care, but Joe Biden's illegal aliens will get first class. You got the Lars Larson the Show. Lars Larson Show.
3: The 40th president of the United States always knew where to put the blame. You have blamed mistakes of the past, and you blame the Congress. Does any of the blame belong
0: to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat.
3: This is the Lars Larson Show.
0: Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. I got to tell you something, Claudine Gay. Now, the former president of Harvard University, she loses that job, but she keeps her gig at America's oldest university and her nearly nine hundred thousand dollar paycheck. So it's not like she's losing an awful lot, and. Now she's running around saying to everybody who will listen that this is all about her skin color, that she's being pushed out because she's black, not because she's incompetent, not because she's a plagiarist, not because she had some really twisted views of anti-Semitism on the Harvard campus. No, it's because of her skin color, of course. So I thought we'd talk about that with Mike Gonzalez, senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation and author of the book BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. Mike, welcome back and happy new year.
5: Hey, how's it going? Uh, Happy New Year to you, man. It's great to hear your voice so early in the year.
0: Well, I guess it's going well because Claudine Gay is gone as president, but it doesn't answer the question of why was she hired to begin with, and and have they or will they straighten out the screwed up things that are going on in American universities, not just the private ones like Harvard, but the rest of them as well.
5: Well, if left by themselves, they won't do it, but if pushed by by public opinion and, and, and uh, the political class, they'll have no other choice than by donors. And there's, there's a lot of evidence that that is happening, that the donor uh, money's moving, the donor class is moving, that public opinion is, is finally swinging our way and saying, wait a second, what we have been doing with universities um, has been a, a really bad idea. What we have been doing since the 80s, which is teaching future generations to look at everything through the oppressor versus oppressed uh, prism, Narrative and that has been that has produced horrible results. Um, uh, and and we have seen that what happened to to Claudine Gay and what happened to Liz McGill at the University of Pennsylvania, who lost her job, uh, in December, uh, was that it was a result of, of, of the you know the, the, the members of the House and the Committee on Education and the Workforce going after them after they had a horrific testimony, and by horrific, I mean. That when they were asked whether uh, uh, calling for calling for the, the, the Holocaust, the genocide of the Jews uh, violated Harvard's uh, uh, standards, she said it was it depended on the context. How on earth can that depend on the context to call for the genocide of anybody, uh, including Jews? Um, no, she was also accused of there were 50 credible charges of plagiarism. So, look, I'm, I don't care that she's getting $900,000. I really don't. It's, 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 when Harvard wastes this money, I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of happy. I'm glad that she's gone as president, and I think the wind is blowing in our favor, Lars.
0: Well, I, and I, I'm i with you on that, that that if, if they're losing private donors, but you know what they're not losing that I would cut them off of tomorrow? I'd love to have some members yeah. of Congress say, Uh, Hey, by the way, my last check, the last number I could find, Mike, it's about a year old, is that Harvard gets federal funding. You know, they're a private university, but they get money for research and grants and things like that. Two-thirds of a billion dollars of taxpayer money is going to Harvard. Should an institution that is that thoroughly corrupt be getting a single dime from the American taxpayers, especially given that they have a multi, I think a multi $30, $40 billion endowment. Why are they getting a dime of federal money?
5: Lars, they get more money in federal taxpayer money than they get in, in, in tuition. They get a lot of money uh, from the taxpayer, <laughs> whether it's the taxpayers of, of their state in Massachusetts, in the case of Harvard, or, or you and I, who are federal taxpayers, so, you know, absolutely, and that's why I'm so, I'm so happy that Virginia Fox, the, 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 the chairman of the, of the committee, of the Committee on Education and the Workforce, announced uh, yesterday that the investigation she had launched into Harvard will continue. This, the, the, the getting rid of uh, Claudine Gay as president will not end the investigation.
0: Well, and, and here's a question I've got about her choice to begin with. I mean, from a distance, and feel free to correct me, Mike, because you're, you're a great friend of the show, and I know you'll correct me if you think I'm wrong, but she was an affirmative action hire. They decided that she checked at least two boxes, well, maybe three if you count her politics, skin, color, and gender, and the, the committee decided to hire her, and yet apparently she's been the subject of accusations, valid accusations, it seems, of plagiarism for literally decades, and yet a committee at Harvard decided to pick her and make her president of the university. Now, you said three things.
5: You you okay. mentioned her sex, she's a woman, you mentioned, mentioned her race, she's black, and you mentioned her political uh, beliefs. Uh, I think that the the argument that yes, she was fake because of all three attributes. It's hard to we will never gonna know for sure, right? right. But her, her her publishing record was was very meager. She only had eleven published uh, articles in journals and no book. Uh, she and no book. So she was very meager. Uh, there was the, the the fifty allegations of plagiarism. But I think the important of the three that you mentioned, the important one is her political leanings. Carol Swain, who's also a woman, who's also an African-American, uh, would not be appointed. And she's, a, she's a, an academic who has never been charged with plagiarism, uh, an accomplished academic. I know her. She was with me on the, uh, the 1776 Commission. She will never become president of Harvard. Why? Because she's a conservative. <laughs> uh, so... so so this is, you know, what matters to them is political beliefs. The color that matters is red. They're
0: cultural Marxists. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, if people say, well, what business is it of yours, Lars? Um, I, I would make it my business because of that two-thirds of billion dollars. If they were like, say, Hillsdale College, which is a college I admire, I'd get nothing from Hillsdale, never gone there, uh, don't have any kids or grandkids there. Uh, But Hillsdale College is a good, solid institution. They refuse every single dime of of federal and state and government money altogether because they want to keep themselves, you know, ideologically clean of federal government influence so they don't take a single dime. Harvard could do that tomorrow and just live off its endowment.
5: Harvard is a leading cultural institution in the United States. I disagree with you that we shouldn't care if we don't send our children there. I care greatly because I'm an American. You're an American. You should care greatly what happens at Harvard. Harvard is a leading institution. It produces a lot of Supreme Court justices. It produces a lot of presidents. Its reach is, 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 is incredible. And it will continue to be. So we should care greatly about what Harvard does.
0: Point uh, that that's a good point, Mike. And all I was saying is I have people occasionally say, call the show and say, why is this any of your business? They're a private institution. Yeah, except they're a private institution that gets more money. I mean, if I'm concerned about Planned Parenthood getting a half a billion or the Corporation for Public Broadcasting to fund the, the liberal nonsense over at NPR and they get a half a billion and Harvard's up at two thirds of a billion, they're at least as big a concern as those other two.
5: Absolutely, although um, we can do two things at the same time. We can also define
0: NPR. Yeah, well, I would I would do that in a heartbeat. You want to save some money, take, take that money away and say you can live on the private sector like the rest of us do. But you're right about her history. I, yeah, for the life of me, I'd love to see the notes of that committee, you know, where they said we're going to choose this woman. Really? What has she written? Well, 11 articles in the last couple of decades. And you say, it would be like me doing a once-a-year talk show for an hour and and calling myself a talk show host. She's not much of an academic if she's not doing any research, if she's not writing, and if she's, and if the charges are true, 50 instances of plagiarism and she's only produced 11 articles, does that mean that virtually everything that she's ever published was uh, was stolen from somebody else? Some of them other African American academics who had their work stolen by this woman this is a terrible situation. Mike Gonzalez is the author of BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. He's a good friend of the show. Mike, thanks very much and Happy New Year. Back in a moment, I'll get to your phone calls and emails at 866-Hey Lars. Naysayers go to the head of the line at 866-439-5277. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. Well, I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and
1: bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAAdvantage.com.
3: Nixon was wrong about a lot of things, but he's right about this. People have got to
0: know whether or not their presidents are corrupt.
3: What say you, Joe Biden? This is the Lars Larson Show.
0: Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. A little development in the case involving Colorado and Maine that have tossed Donald Trump off the ballot for now, and it's likely, well, it's likely decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. Some new developments today. I'll give you that in just a moment. First, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. If you want to jump into the best conversation and talk journalism, it always happens right here every day at 866-HEY-LARS. And if you're a naysayer, we're going to put you right to the head of the line at 866 866- 439-5277. Send your emails to talk at larslarson.com. And this segment of the show is brought to you by the home power generating folks at ProTech Power. Make sure your loved ones are safe when the power goes out. And here in the Pacific Northwest, all of the projections are that a fragile grid is going to make power outages more and more likely in the next couple of years ahead, actually between now and 2030. Call 541 ONA Gen. That's 541-Ownagent. Now, our poll on X, what we used to call our Twitter poll, but is now the poll on X. Should the Northwest allow offshore windmills that are currently failing on the East Coast? They haven't even been built on the East Coast yet, and the companies who are supposed to be building them with billions of dollars of your federal tax money are already telling the Congress, If you don't bail us out, we will not be able to build these windmills. So if you see those projects failing on the East Coast, and there's no real difference between building windmills on the East Coast or building them on the West Coast, the same issues are there. Aesthetics of the coastline, uh, marine fisheries, effect on wildlife, this, that, and the other thing. But my most important issue is whether or not they're spending our money wisely and whether or not it makes financial sense. And if you think it makes financial sense, I'd ask you to consider the big increases in the cost of power here in the Pacific Northwest. PGE, Portland General Electric, has just hiked its rates 17%, and I would suggest that is the front end of the tsunami. We haven't seen what's going to happen, but a lot of us who fought this idea for a long, long time, suggesting to you that solar power and windmills would not have to be federally subsidized if they made economic sense. The fact that they are subsidized does not entirely take away the concerns about how those things are financed. When they produce power, it is markedly more expensive than power produced by natural gas, power produced by coal, or the power that America could be producing with nuclear power. If you haven't noticed, last year it was the Joe Biden administration that locked up 1 million acres of the most productive uranium deposits in the entire country. And why would they do that? They did it to take it away, to say you're not allowed to use the energy that America already has. God blessed America with a lot of energy, natural gas in abundance, coal in abundance, oil in abundance, uranium in abundance. And all the Biden administration can do is say, well, you're not allowed to use that stuff. So in the Northwest, should Northwest states like Oregon and Washington allow offshore windmills even though the projects to build them on the east coast are currently failing my answer to that would be no you can answer the question any way you like at lars larson show on x or the on our website at larslarson.com brought to you by ultimate truck services if you rely on trucks for business ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right find them at ultimate Now, now since we've been talking a lot about Claudine Gay, the woman who was fired as the president of Harvard but gets to ke- a chance to keep her professorship at about $900,000 a year. She was making $879,000 a year as the faculty dean for arts and sciences uh, she got about a $50,000 raise between 2020 and 2021. She wasn't making that much more to be president of the institution. And now she's running around telling anybody who will listen that uh, she was being fired because of her skin color, which is cockamamie, and it's insulting. In any case, I ask you, should Harvard have allowed its plagiarist president to resign instead of being fired? I favored seeing her fired 90% of you voted on our ex-poll and said she should have been fired. Only 10% said it was good enough that she was actually allowed to resign from her job. Glad to take your calls at 866-A-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. We're still waiting for the release of that client list and the 170 names that are connected to Jeffrey Epstein, the guy who was murdered in custody. I'm going to say that I don't believe he committed suicide. He was waiting trial. His attorney said he was optimistic about beating the charges in court. I wouldn't have been as optimistic. I think he was a pedophile. And I think he trafficked in children, and he should have been locked up for the rest of his natural life. But so far, the release of those names, including John Doe, number 36, you know, the horny hick from Arkansas, Bill Clinton, he is one of the names on that list, so we are told. But then you've got this. Donald Trump, as of today, has appealed formally to the U.S. Supreme Court about the Colorado decision to throw him off the primary election ballot, to make him ineligible under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment because Colorado says he engaged in and incited an insurrection on January 6 2021. I don't believe that's true. The FBI doesn't believe it's true. The Biden DOJ doesn't think it's true. And now Donald Trump is asking the U.S. Supreme Court, Can Colorado, through its court system, take the name of a presidential candidate off the election ballot and deny the people of Colorado the right to vote for Donald Trump? Same question has to be raised in Maine, where the Secretary of State has made the decision to take Donald Trump off the ballot. And there are 16 other states where there are currently lawsuits, including in Oregon, Asking that Donald Trump be removed from the ballot if that doesn't tell you the level of desperation of the Democrat party I don't think anything else would ever the idea is the Democrats know they can't beat Donald Trump They know the people want to vote him back into office, and they know we want to get rid of Joe So FJB, you've got the Lars Larson. Lars Larson With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you're in an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com.